Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Happy New Year. I am glad to be here this morning to talk to you. Uh, and to share with you this first Sunday of 2021. I'm so honored and so blessed to be your speaker today. I bring you greetings. If you are a first time guest or just found your way to this video, we are Kingdom Living Ministries. Our pastor is Dwayne L. Wright. And of course, he's my husband. I am Courtney. And today I am ministering for this first day of 2021, as I said, and so very glad about it. And of course, I want to say hi to all of our members, our friends, our guests, our families. Welcome. Thank you so much for um, hanging in there with us throughout 2020. On behalf of Pastor Dwayne and the ministers here at Kingdom Living Ministry, as well as um, our body of believers here, we're just so thankful for you. We're thankful for one another, and uh, we're glad to be able to continue fellowshipping digitally until the time that we can come together and be with one another. And so I just wanna take some time, I know I've taken some time to come to you and start today's message or today's service, if you will, but I just wanna take some time just in his presence. We don't have a musical track cued, we don't have a musician here, but I just wanna lift my hands. I hope that right where you are, you will lift your hands with me. And let's just thank God for the ability to be able to lift our hands today. Thank God, hallelujah, that you can lift a hallelujah, that you're not short of breath, that disease is not wrecking havoc on your body, and that hallelujah, hallelujah, the temple of the Holy Ghost, your body, hallelujah, is quickened and is more, hallelujah, is alive to God today. Oh God, we give you praise, we give you honor, we thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah for all that you have done, for all that you are doing, for all that you are to us. Oh, Lord, we give you praise today. We thank you, Lord. Oh, we bless your holy name and we honor your presence. Hallelujah. We are gathered together even though we're not in the same house. We're on one accord saying thank you. We're on one accord blessing your name. We're on one accord this morning, honoring this day that you have made. Hallelujah. This is the day for us to assemble and gather in your name. Oh, Lord, be glorified. Oh, Lord, you are magnified and we lift you high today. We give thanks. Hallelujah. Right where you are. Keep giving thanks. Keep giving thanks. We have no music, but I sing hallelujah. I sing, thank you, Jesus. I say, yes, Lord, have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way, Lord. Oh, Lord, our God, have your way today. Oh, we bless your name. We bless your name, we bless your name. You are worthy, Lord, you are worthy, Lord, you are. You are worthy of all our 
praise. Hallelujah. Just wanted to get that out. Just wanted to say thank you. Hallelujah. Is that all right? Is that all right? I know it's a little bit different than what we usually do, but I just wanted to lift up some praise and know that you are right there with me doing it and you know we're doing it together and I'm not here in this room with David just the two of us having church but that we're all together assembled where we are having church as one so thank you thank you and thank you Lord for being the Lord of us all and hallelujah giving us an opportunity to gather this way glory to God so again happy new year hope you had a merry Christmas too and um, now that the celebrations are over and we're here in 2021, I don't, so there are probably many churches around the country who are doing this. We are just one of them. Some are starting today, but it is the season for fasting, right? Tis the season. No greater opportunity than a new year as one year ends and another year begins to reset and to um, humble ourselves in that way by fasting corporately. So at Kingdom Living Ministries, we are starting next Sunday, one week from today. So um, I don't want to talk about the specifics of the act of fasting and the protocol that we're doing. Um, those of you who are members at our church, you know what we're doing. Um, you should have the information. If you haven't received an email yet, um, you will. Or you can just go online to kingdomlivingnj.org slash fast and get all of the details about the protocol and get some tools, our Bible reading plan, which we are hoping everyone will commit to this year. And especially during the fast, you'll get all of that information there um, and notes on how to prepare all of that good stuff. So if you haven't gotten an email with that link or haven't seen it on social media, you can find it there, kingdomlivingnj.org slash fast. So with our fast one week away, I wanted to discuss prayer and fasting in light of coming out of a very unprecedented 2020 and what that means to us, how this fast could be significant to us in ways maybe that other fasts haven't. Um, we as a church body have never fasted for 40 days and that's what we're doing this time. Petey and I have had seasons of fasting. Um, sometimes we may have invited you along to participate. I know some of you have done fasts on your own. Um, and corporately, we usually do about one week. Some, I think once we did 21 days, right? actually more than, more than the seven-day protocol, I think we've done 21 days here at Kingdom Living Ministries in previous years. But this year, we're doing a 40-day fast, and that's an ambitious feat. So it's significant for that reason in that it is a first for us. But the other thing that I want to mention is that in light of 2020 and everything that happened in 2020, this fast could be probably one of the most significant seasons of corporate fasting that any of us in this generation, in this lifetime, have ever had a chance to experience. So I want to talk about that for a minute. I'm going to explain why I'm saying that. Um, and it lies here in this question. Was 2020 truly unprecedented? Yes and no. Globally, yes, you know, we're in the midst of a pandemic that doesn't seem to be letting up. And it's a modern time pandemic. So because we are more mobile and we're going all over the world now, we're able to travel, um, you know, that makes it uh, more dangerous than it was. I think the last global pandemic was the flu pandemic of 1918. But the U.S. is familiar with 
pandemics, maybe that or, or epidemics for sure. Um, if we're honest, the fact that we're here today in this country, colonialism itself was an epidemic in that indigenous populations were decimated by diseases that were brought here by, dis by discoverers of the new world. Why are you going there, Courtney? I'm not, go I'm not trying to be negative, it's the truth. We're gonna talk more about that today too. I hope you guys are ready. It's an exciting day. It's an exciting time and it's, a, it's an exciting message. So I'm not trying to put a damper on it, but it's true. Indigenous peoples in the Americas and the Caribbean, they were wiped out by some of the diseases that were brought from those who came here from Europe. And then we even think about the transatlantic slave trade and the slaves that came over and they were um, in the midst of suffering with that middle passage, there were also diseases that were rampant on those ships. So, you know, disease has been traveling the globe for centuries, for longer than this period of time. That's my point, is that, you know, th th this is scary and it is something to think about. But when I think about 2020 and going on a fast out of a year like we've just had, it reminds me of those fasts in the Bible that everyone um, were in the context of a plague or you know some catastrophe that they they went to fasting in the old testament and so that's what i want to talk about today look at um you know isaiah 58 and second chronicles um two and i'm sorry second chronicles um 7 14 a familiar passage to most of us pulled out of the context of what was really going on during that time um, so I want to look at that. I want to talk about going into a fast after a season or, or in response to a season of loss and catastrophe and disease and pestilence. Okay, so the title of our message today is Fast Forward 2021. So I just spent all that time talking about a horrible past and a horrible, you know, this recent year and then, you know, history and all the stuff I brought up just now. Maybe it made you uncomfortable, but maybe it should. Maybe it should. Maybe we, this is the reason we need to fast because we need to get some stuff out of us. Amen. We need to get some stuff out of us. Most of us by nature, it's human nature to want to stay away from unpleasant things, want to move on from it. But I challenge you today, we can deal with 2020 in this fast. I'm gonna show you how. We're gonna wash ourselves with the water of the word, specifically here at King Living Ministries, as we are um, reading our Bible together um, on one accord. And we're doing this fast and it's putting us in a position, it's putting us in a place of being able to be positioned to hear from God. It's dealing with our flesh. It's bringing us low so that our spirit man can be brought high and we can reflect on the things that have happened to us and around us and in this country and fast forward. So let's begin. How can we fast forward in 2021? The truth is with all of this stuff that we were talking about, you know, the, the, the more recent, if I can say that, um, epidemics, pandemics of the last few centuries, <laughs> or um, even the, the plagues and things that we read about in the Bible. But there's nothing new under the sun. And the Bible is full of re references to pestilence and plague. 
So Psalm 91, which we talked about the last time that I was here, or one of the last times that I was here um, in this, um, behind this podium, we talked about Psalm 91, and it is in the context of a plague, that it won't come near you, and that the war and all of the different things, that were the unrest that was going on that time in David's kingdom, that you can be hidden in the secret place of the Most High God, and that his message is still relevant and it's true today. Then, you know, you could even look at Joel 1.14. Joel 1.14. If you want to go there, we can go there. But in Joel 1.14, it says this. Announce a time of fasting. Call the people together for a solemn meeting. Bring the leaders and all the people of the land into the temple of the Lord your God and cry out to him there. So there is a response that is fitting for times and contexts like these when disease is rampant. In this particular case in Joel, it was a plague of locusts that had eaten up all the crops, destroyed everything, brought them into a famine. So they were fasting and calling a time of fasting because of that great loss. So let's think about how that could apply to 2020. I want to do that by looking specifically at Isaiah 58, and that's our true text for today. And if you would allow me, I want to read through it, and then we're going to take some time to take it apart. Let's start with verse 1, Isaiah 58. It says this, I'm reading the New Living Translation, and I want to say that I am reading the New Living Translation from a Bible that was gifted to me. Thank you so much, the angel that did this. They did not want to be identified. It was an anonymous gift because I had mentioned the last time I was here how much I love the New Living Translation. So now I have this beautiful study Bible, thanks to whoever you are. Thank you very much. It is being used and, and appreciated very much. Thank you so much. Um, so we're gonna read it in the New Living Translation, but you feel free to read whatever translation you have there. You can just watch and, and I'll read it here. Shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud, don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. They act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves, and you don't even notice it. This is the people talking to God, my Lord. And this is God. The word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah says this in the middle of verse 3. I will tell you why I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. My God. Verse 4, what good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress up in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No, this is not the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. 
Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Mm -hmm. Verse eight, then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will heal quickly. Oh my goodness. I'll come back there. I resisted the urge to stop. Middle of verse eight. Your godliness will lead you forward is what my translation says. And the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. <laughs> Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. Oh, I'm being blessed by the reading of the word. I'm just going to keep on going. Verse 11, the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath in everything you do on that day and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestor Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. Oh, my God. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of his word. I hope you heard. I hope you captured some things. Now, I know that my translation is different from um, some that you may be more familiar with and you would commit to memory some of the more familiar lines of Isaiah 58. But everybody really wants to go for the most part to the fast that God has chosen for us. And, you know, it says, this is the kind of fasting I want. It says, your, um, verse eight, your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will heal quickly or quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward. Okay, so we want to get to the healing and this is the fast that I've chosen for you that you'll be healthy, that you'll be healed. But do you realize that there's some other things going on? God is saying, just because you look like you're fasting, just because you have the appearance of fasting, and this is too, this is under the old covenant, the fasting that they did um, during this time in the Old Testament. You know, you're, you're putting on the ashes and the sackcloth and you, you have the appearance in the form of godliness, but you're not really godly because you're still quarreling and fighting. When I look at 2020 and I look at a lot of the things that went on in addition to this 
pandemic that nobody really could do much about but pray or you know if you were involved in the sciences or medical fields certainly um, even those um, frontline workers and, and essential workers and all of them who were doing their part everybody was doing their part to either deal with it or deal with the uh, the effects of it we just are powerless to a disease that nobody knows where it came from really or um, now we have a vaccine that's released. But you know, there's a certain powerlessness that we all had because this is something we've never experienced before, not to this degree, and didn't know what to expect. A lot of people were living in real fear and real anxiety. But there were a lot of people who rose up in anger. And there was a lot of quarreling, whether to wear masks or whether to not wear masks. And I don't even want to get into the whole political discussion because that's all done for right now. We don't need to go there. But what we're talking about will apply to that. The bottom line is that 2020 held a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. And if you look closely, you'll see elements of 2020 in this passage that God is calling out the hypocrisy of the nation of Israel. You want to come and fast and pray selfishly, try to act spiritual and super dumb deep, but yet you're running away from family members who need your help. Come on, somebody. You don't want to share food with the hungry. Come on, somebody. You don't want to free the wrongly imprisoned. You want to have an issue with groups out here protesting because people are being falsely imprisoned at the site of the perceived crime as law enforcement people are coming, going, um, you know, doing things that they don't need to do, the ones that are not right, because I know all law enforcement people are, are, are not um, unrighteous, okay? Hear me out. I, I, I come from a family um, of law officers, and I know they were doing the right thing when they were patrolling, right? But I don't want to get off from that. I don't want you to be distracted. I want you to hear what I'm saying. The wrongly imprisoned are not just the f approximately 40% of people in our prisons and jails right now who are not supposed to be there or are in there um, and have a sentence that's too harsh. There's an estimate out there, 40% of people in jails right now. They're wrongly imprisoned. It's not just that, it's the people who are the victims of wicked law enforcement officers being judge and, and jury and executioner right there on the spot at the traffic stop. Come on, somebody. Can I get a witness right now? David, if you hear me, just put your hand up. I know it's just the two of us in here. Am I, are we okay? Is this okay? I just want to talk about it and make it plain because we got to see ourselves in 2020 in Isaiah 58, right here where we are right now. The church, the church. So now I want to bring back, because I don't want to be pointing my finger at other people, and I don't want you doing that either. I want you to take some time and see yourself in Isaiah 58. I want you to take some time and acknowledge that maybe there's some hypocrisy in your life. Because the truth of the matter is, we have all been through a lot this, last, this past year. And when we're not careful, we entitle ourselves, we give ourselves a pass on living righteously on doing what the Bible says is right. On we give ourselves leeway to not respond and to think about things biblically. We do our own thing instead of being led by the Spirit. We do our own thing, we go our own way because we're seeking refuge. We don't want to be reminded of all this stuff going on. We're hiding from our own flesh, hiding from our issues 
taking a vacation from dealing with ourselves so that we can be the best that we can be. There are people in 2020 who didn't brush their teeth, who didn't comb their hair. Come on, uh, listen, let's be real today. You were at home, you didn't comb your hair. Now look, you, can, you need to be comfortable with at home, all right? But you know what I'm talking about. You know if I'm talking to you. Just being slack and giving yourself a pass. Sometimes that kind of stuff is a sign of depression. And, you know, my heart goes out to those who are, have, have depressive disorder or who are stuck in depression. We're praying for you. Please reach out to us if we can pray and assist you in other ways um, because we do want to be there for those who are really struggling. And I know that's true. But there are some people who are just being slack. There's some people who are just not in control of themselves. Hypocrisy. Just binge watching, eating whatever you want to eat, looking at whatever you want to look at when you got other things that you could be doing. Come on now. Come on, can I go here? Can I come, can I come this way? Can I come into your house and talk to you for a minute? This is why we need to fast. This is why we need to fast. Anybody been fighting? Anybody had contention? contentious relationships. Listen, there were a lot of people who were in the house with these kids in 2020. There were a lot of couples who entered 2020 one way and they came out another because they've been smelling each other's breath and getting on each other's nerve and in each other's way, trying to work. And try Listen, haven't been dealing with each other in love. Stop yelling at these kids so much. They tired of being in the house too. We need to fast. Okay, oh sorry, all right. I might be getting ahead of myself, but it's okay. Spiritually speaking, we talk about giving to the poor. A lot of people were purging their homes during 2020 because we were at home. Did you think about sharing that with somebody who was in need or less fortunate? Just food for thought here, because I want us to see ourselves in Isaiah 58. Are you just putting on, now that we're going into this fast, how are you thinking about presenting yourself if you got to go someplace? Or talking to people, I'm fasting, chola. Why are you doing this? Or maybe it's the person who's bucking. I got my own Bible reading plan. I don't want to, I want to do my own thing. I don't want, well, you know, I know y'all doing that kind of fast. I'm going to do this kind of fast. No, we're doing this together. Let's do it corporately. We have built in some variants so that you can participate. But let's try to all do it together. Don't, don't go rogue just because you're used to doing whatever you want to do because you don't want to be subject. Not to us, but be subject to the Spirit of God. And you know what? God is not trying to control you anyway. I'm getting ahead of myself. God wants you to control yourself. Let me, let me, let me, <laughs> let me, let me take a few steps back. Isaiah 58 discusses the fast that God chose for us. But it also discusses the fast that we choose for ourselves by doing the very opposite. Quarreling, being oppressive to other people. In our case, the spirit of Christ being absent from our day-to-day -day behavior, from our day-to-day -day conversations, from our day-to-day -day meditations. Oh, but we fasting. So someone might be asking, well, Courtney, the, the things that are being talked about in Isaiah 58, 
Are you to go into the fast that way or come out that way? Well, I would say to you a little bit or a lot of both. Well, all of it. Let me say let me say this. We need to be thinking about how we line up to scripture as a whole with the things that the Lord has said to us, the instructions, you know, living according to the Bible. That's why reading the Bible is so important during a fast. That's why prayer is so important. If you're just fasting, you are dieting. You're not, if you're not praying and reading your Bible while you're fasting, you're just dieting. And there will be no spiritual um, effects because a Christian fast incorporates fasting. I mean, excuse me, <laughs> obviously fasting, but incorporates prayer. And we don't pray right if we don't read the Bible. Let me just put that out there. We're not praying like we should if we are not in this book and it's not in us, most importantly. This is not anything that's meant to be legalistic. It's just that you ought to know what you believe and you ought to pray scripturally. Amen? Come on, somebody. I'm sorry. I can't hear you say amen. But just, just humor me. Say amen right where you are. I'm smiling, but I really am sober about this. So I, the things that the prophet Isaiah is calling out as the mouthpiece of God, calling out the hypocrisy in the nation of Israel. The things that he's saying they're doing when they're fasting with the audacity of getting in God's face and saying, why aren't you hearing my prayers? I'm fasting. We can see this in ourselves, can't we? Aren't some of us just so entitled <laughs> to God answering our prayers? Have you ever been like that? Have you, uh, be honest, I've been praying and I just don't, I don't know, I'm, I'm doing the best I can and God's not moving. You need to fast because that's not the correct posture. Anybody hear what I'm saying today? We're not telling you to deny the fact that 2020 was hard or that you're tired or that you have needs. You don't, you, no, we're not, that, that would be crazy. We're not trying to rewrite your life or your history. You've been through some things, right? Yeah, we all have. All right, some of us a lot more than others, but we've all been through something. But when we have the wrong posture and we feel entitled to get up in God's stuff to say, I'm fasting, I'm praying, I'm tithing, I'm doing all of this. What you doing, God? That kind of immaturity and undisciplined thinking is what has people walking away from the church. You know, um, so I know that um, Dad Hagen, we call him Dad Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen, um, from Rama has said this, and I've heard it um, re-said by others who follow him, is that we should be living a fasted life. So a 40-day fast, a one and done, even though that's a big one and done, 40 days of fasting, you know, it's not meant to just be, this is how you deal with your flesh and your issues, and that's it in this moment. But the point of Christian living is to be a disciple. That means to control yourself, to be disciplined, to subdue yourself, to bring yourself under subjection, to bring your body under subjection. And it's a daily thing. But we need a reset. And corporately, we need a reset. Like this 40-day fast that we're doing. Out of a season 
of a 2020 where you know hundreds of thousands of people have died from this virus in this country alone where there was still even though it quieted down as the holidays approached there was still civil unrest and social injustice going on in these streets and police brutality things that were highlighted and brought to the forefront of media and of conversations all through 2020 and all of the other things that you know don't get mentioned as much you know the the just the 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 issues in society the opportunities for reform all across the board from our schools to our prisons to our communities to you know to the you know to policies everything that is going on that maybe you know isn't getting spoken about um, daily, there's just so much, so many impacts from the global pandemic in 2020. And God's people need a reset. We need to pray. We need to respond to what has happened with prayer and with fasting. So, to, and we need to fast so that we can get ourselves out of the way and not prayer, pray, excuse me, selfishly. We need to get ourselves out of the way because you in the way with your flesh is like, God, kill all the cops. God, blow up all the vaccine uh, <laughs> uh, manufacturers because you know we ain't taking no vaccine. No, your flesh is in the way. You're praying wrong. Certainly that is not scripture, but it also is just wrong. Your mind is in the way. Your emotions are in the way. Your flesh is in the way. We are dealing in, in some real serious times, and we need, this, we need to do this in the spirit. And we can't be in the spirit when our flesh is on display, when our flesh is in control. So that's the reason, one of the reasons, this is not exhaustive, that communities, churches, nations throughout time have entered into a time of corporate fasting because we need to get right and get on one accord. So if we're examining the state of America or the American church, in 2020 through the lens of Isaiah 58, specifically shining the light on ourselves and not necessarily looking at all these other people because really at the end of the day, it's about us and our individual walk and not about the opinions that we have of others and us unrighteously putting our mouths on other people and their business, okay? It's not about that. If we look at what happened in 2020 and what we observed in the church, and the big um, disagreements. But then we also look at ourselves and see where we landed on the side of those disagreements, on the side of certain issues, and how we responded. Are we walking in love? Look at yourself. Look at, if you are a boss at a job, a supervisor, how are you treating your employees? Who need much grace right now, especially those who are on the front lines. If you're, you know, a, a, an essential worker and you're supervising people who report to you, are you being gracious? Are you being compassionate? Yes, it's business. We know that. We know you can't run a business like that. We know you can't conduct business like that in any other year. But in 2020, were you gracious to them or did you work them hard? Come on, somebody. If you were an employee of a supervisor or a company or a business and they expected too much of you, 
and then you know that they are one of the most faithful members of their church. That's a disconnect. According to this, I'm not making this up and pulling this out or giving you my own opinions. I'm talking about Isaiah 58. You know, all of us, a couple of years back, um, I still haven't been able to bring myself to see it. But the documentary that was on Netflix, or not documentary, the docudrama, the series um, that Ava DuVernay produced. What was the name of it, David? I mean, it's escaping me right now. When They See Us. Listen, they're going to still be saying when, they see, when I see them, because I haven't seen it yet. I know the story very well, but I just can't take it. It's too, it hurts too much. I don't want to see the dramatization of that type of, of that type of oppression and the different things that happen, the injustice. I just can't take it. But, but I know the story well, have followed it for years. But a lot of people had a lot to say during that time. You know, I said earlier that there's a figure out here saying about 40% of people in jails and prisons aren't supposed to be there or shouldn't be, still be there. Either they were wrongfully accused, wrongfully convicted, or given too much of a sentence, especially in a time of a pandemic. Some of these people need to be released to go. Right, but what are... What are we doing about that, thinking about that? I know some of us really, we can't, maybe we think that there's nothing that we can really do about that. But I challenge you, with a 40-day fast like this, it positions us as a community and as individuals to start seeing ourselves as part of a solution and not just observing from afar, oh, that's so sad, or oh, I can't take it, or oh, that, they need to do something about that, no. You get your flesh out of the way. See, if you can deal with the things that are holding you back from being effective at where God has called you to be, I don't know. Maybe someone is listening to this and maybe God has called you to some type of social justice ministry or social justice activism or something like that. But you so caught up in basic stuff. You can't keep your promises. You can't keep a job. You can't, you can't stay faithful to your partner. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm just... It's just utterance right now. I'm just speaking. I'm, I don't know anything about anybody right now. I don't have anybody on, in mind. Whatever it is, God has called you to, to, to be a part of the solution for whatever it is. It might not be in that realm of social justice or, um, you know, or, or, or that type of reform. It could be in education. You're so busy complaining about what you don't like about where you work. But... Is there something that God has you there for to do? And if your flesh gets out of the way, you can be productive and do it. Isaiah 58. I'm still in the book. So examine yourself continually, whether we're fasting or not. Not just by Isaiah 58, but by all that you know and all that you read in the Bible. This measuring stick by the Spirit by the mercy. Thank God for mercy. Thank God for mercy. We're not going to dot every I and cross every T, but we should not feel entitled to grace out, grace ourselves <laughs> into doing whatever we want to do, giving ourselves a pass from being excellent, from being holy, 
from being diligent because life is too much. So we talked about some of the issues in Isaiah 58. Let's look at a remedy. Let's look at 2 Chronicles 7. I'm going to give you time if you're in your paper Bible. I'm usually on my phone Bible, but because I got my, my, my new Bible here, I'm using that because I'm so excited about it. Um, but you, I, I will admit I'm not used to turning pages, so I'm going the wrong direction. <laughs> Second Chronicles is right here. Not that way, Courtney. Okay, Second Chronicles 7. Although I love my Bible app. I love it, love it, love it. But we're going to go to Second Chronicles 7. This is a very well-known, well, I don't want to say the whole passage is well-known, but definitely verse 14 is very well-known, often quoted. Often quoted. Some of you are saying it right now as you're waiting for me to get on with this. But I want to start... Who, where should we start? Let's start at verse 11. Because, and, and I wanted to set it up like this. We're going to go back and look at some elements of chapter 6 too. But I just kind of want to just set this up here. So we know that David didn't get to build the temple, right? Thinking about King David, King and Priest David, Psalm, the David of the Psalms, right? <clears throat> David did not get to build the house of the Lord or the temple of the Lord and bring back the Ark of the Covenant, pla- bring it a- a- as a pa- place for the Ark of the Covenant to come and-, and dwell, God's presence. Because God said he had shed too much blood, basically. He was a man of war. So Solomon, his son, was able to do what his dad couldn't do. Thank God. And in the first part of Second Chronicles, we see that Solomon is... Um, He's making the final, he's building the temple in chapter three. Um, he's furnishing the, chip, the, the temple in chapter four. He's following all the instructions. He's doing everything that is required um, according to God's um, requirements to bring all of this to pass. So by the time, and then, then chapter six, he's praising God. He's dedicating the temple um, or he's praying. Actually, he has a prayer to God that we're going to look at in a minute. So by the time we get to chapter seven, I mean, excuse me, chapter, I'm sorry. By the time we get to verse 14 of chapter seven, you know, all this has happened. And what we often quote by itself is God's response to a specific prayer that Solomon prayed. First, I want to just set this up so that you see, right? You get right to the scene. Verse 11. So this of chapter seven. So Solomon finished the temple of the Lord as well as the royal palace. He completed everything he had planned to do in the construction of the temple and the palace. Then one night, the Lord appeared to Solomon and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this temple as the place for making sacrifices. At times I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls or command grasshoppers to devour your crops or send plagues among you. Verse 14, what we all know, then if my people 
who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Verse 15, let's read this too. My eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. So what, 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 Courtney, why are you so excited about that? Why am I so excited about that? Look here, I'm going to tell you why. Let me see if I can find it. When you go to chapter six, if you turn your page, if you're doing that, or swipe if you're on your phone or device to get to chapter six, or you can just look at the screen. I don't know, David might be throwing some scriptures up there. No pressure. You are? Okay, I thought you might be. Everything that God granted, everything that he said he would do, Solomon had prayed that. He was responding, saying, yes, I will do it. Solomon prayed in faith. He prayed in faith. He asked. Like, let's look at verse 21 of chapter 6. May you hear the humble and earnest requests from me and your people Israel when we pray toward this place. Yes, hear us from heaven where you live and when you hear forgive. He used the same words and, you know, and, and that's probably not the best example, but I want you to read through chapter 6. Everything, specifically verses 12 through 42. Because if you read chapter 6 verses 12 through 42, you will see that what God said in 2 Chronicles 7:14 was a response, an affirmative, yes son. It, and it is so. He he basically granted Solomon's request. Solomon prayed and asked God for those things, and God is just bringing his words back to him as he's granting the petition, granting the supplication, the plea for mercy for the people of Israel and for him to bless that temple that they have created according to his statutes. God's response in 2 Chronicles 7, 13 through 16 is a very specific, fervent prayer offered in humility by Solomon in those chapters, I mean, in those verses in chapter 6. I encourage you on your own time, read it, compare notes. It was an answer to a prayer. So I want the, the last thing I want to say before I get into, um, I have about seven points. I know that's a few more than what is best practice, but listen, you need all seven bits of these applications. Trust me, you do. You need them. I just want to bring up this quote. And if you go to our website, you'll see it on the fast page that I told you about earlier. I'm going there on my phone. There's a quote in the middle of the page or like at the, the bottom of the upper third that we placed there from Dave Roberson of the, prayer, um, the Family Prayer Center of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he said this, that fasting is the death sentence for complacency and indifference. Fasting is the death sentence for complacency and indifference. So everything that we talked about a little earlier about seeing ourselves in Isaiah 58 and about, and then, you know, the things that I mentioned about being excellent and not giving ourselves license to just 
chill to, you know, to our detriment. Fasting will crucify complacency and indifference in your life. And the Christian fasting, biblical fasting, will always include prayer. If you are just fasting and not praying and not in your word, you will not see the death sentence to complacency and indifference in your life. It all works together. So I know for sure that when Dave Roberson is talking about fasting, he's talking about Christian fasting, and you can't have one without the others when it comes to a fast. A fast must incorporate prayer, must incorporate God's word. Amen? Amen. So we see in 2 Chronicles 7.14, you know, now if you didn't know what we just talked about, you know that that was God's response to Solomon's prayer. But I want to highlight something. I want to highlight the word humble when God says humble themselves and pray. What do you think that means? I'll tell you what it means. Let me get a sip of water first because I need one. I felt my throat getting a bit dry. To humble yourself, that word humble means to subdue, to bring into subjection, to bring low. When God is saying humble yourselves and pray, he's not just talking about bow down. I believe that if we humble ourselves to God, we're fasting. That is, there's no, there is no better way to bring your body, to bring yourself under subjection, to subdue yourself, to bring yourself under control first of yourself and then also you know, submit yourself to God. There's no better way to do that than to fast and get your flesh under control. So I would argue that this morning that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, would fast, would turn over their plate, would, 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 would fast according to Isaiah 58 the way I chose for you, I being God, kind of speaking that way right now from his person, if I can do that. But the, the other things that we see throughout scripture that advise us on what to do when we're fasting. If we do those things, that is humbling ourselves. It's not simply, oh, I humble myself to you, Lord. I humble myself to you, Lord. It's an act. It's an act. Fasting will allow you to be humble. You are humbling yourself when you fast. All right. So we've said so much this morning. I don't want to keep you too much longer. One, because I made you wait um, a while before we were able to get started. But I just want to leave you with these seven points of how you can apply 2 Chronicles 7.14 to your life and to your fast. First point is this. Be obedient. Be obedient. Solomon met the requirements because David has shed too much blood and Solomon followed the instructions and specifications to build the temple. We also know that Solomon is the king who asked for wisdom. So Solomon, he had the wisdom of God and he knew better than to not do things the way that he was supposed to, right? But he was obedient. He built the temple. He did what he needed to do in the context of this passage. So I'm saying to you, be obedient. Be obedient to the word of God. 
Be obedient to what we've seen in Isaiah 58. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be focused on the wrong thing when you're in, in others or even in yourself when there is a fast that God has chosen us to. Let's fast the way God wants us to. My second point is this. Be people. Be people. Be people. If my people who are called by my name, who are called by my name, let me just, let's go back to 2 Chronicles 6 for a minute. I want to show you something. 2 Chronicles 6, verse 20. And it says this. This is Solomon during his prayer to the Lord. He says in verse 20, may you watch over this temple day and night, this place where you said you would put your name. Well, Look around you right now, right where you are, right where you are. I'm here where I am in the sanctuary of what will soon be our own building. Glory to God. You're where you are. But guess what? We're still the church, right? We're still the church. We're the church. We're not worshiping in a temple. But we are the church. We are called by the name of the Lord. You know, some, I don't know how you identify as a believer, but if you go with the name that is given to us, generally speaking, we are Christians. So his name is on us. We're people called by his name. We are his children. We're called by his name and we're called to be one body. We're called to be together. Let me tell you something very clearly this morning. You are not the church by yourself. Be people, be, be his people, be God's people, be a part of this, be a part of us, be people. Don't go solo, not in this fast. See, there's unity in community. Oh, I wish I had an illustration. I wish you could throw up, I wish you could throw up a visual, no pressure. I'm just saying, I want y'all to visualize community. Unity is in community. And there is power in unity and agreement. The temple is where God met with his people and he put his name in that place. We are the church and God meets with us. He is in us. He put his name on us. We are called by his name as his chosen people, his royal priesthood brought out of darkness and into the marvelous light. Though we may be in separate rooms and houses right now this morning, we are the church. We are his people. So how can we be united? in all different townships that we're living in, in different households that we're, that we're living in. We haven't met corporately in person since March. How can we be united? How can we be God's people? A demonstration, a display of that is to follow this fast together. It's to come to the daily prayer call at 6.45 in the morning. Yes, it's gonna hurt your flesh. That's what a fast is for. Be people. Everybody won't make it every day except me and PD. Probably not. Everybody won't make it every day. Everybody's not going to make it every Wednesday or Friday night during the fast. We're doing prayer, right? Daily prayer in the morning. We're doing our usual Sunday morning pre-service prayer. And then we're praying on Wednesday and Friday nights. Don't, go, don't let us go through this whole 40 days and not see you one time. That's a problem. Be people. Don't be out here. I'm reading my own Bible. I said it before. I'm saying it again. Why am I saying it? Because I hear it in the spirit. You, you trying to stick out and do your own thing because you don't want to be people. 
but let's be community right now. After this 40 days is over, you can go rogue and do, well, I'm not suggesting it, but, but if that's what you want to do, go and do your own thing. Do your own, have your own routine. Come up from under us and get your breathing room if that's what you need. If you're so sick of us, and so I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be negative, but I got to say what the Lord says, okay? There's a cry that's going up and he done heard you. That's the only reason I'm saying this because y'all know this is not my character. I would not say it. Stop trying to do your own thing and come, come for 40 days. Come for 40 days and be people. See, see how your life changes. See how the church changes. See what God does. See how God responds to earnest prayer in community. See how God responds. Even Psalm 133, one of my favorite passages. Psalm 30, 133. How good and pleasant is it for the brethren to dwell together in unity? It's like the oil that flows from Aaron's beard. It's like the dew on Mount Haber, and I, I can't remember all of it per se in that, in that third um, verse, but I know this, dew in the desert is something refreshing. Glory to God. That, those mountains are in the desert. The dew in the morning in the desert, that's a refreshing. That is a blessing. That's where the life can happen because there's water in the desert. That's where things can grow when the dew comes down. That's what happens when people dwell together in unity, the blessing and the refreshing. Oh, hallelujah. Help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. I feel something happening on the inside of me, and um, I wasn't quite ready for that. So I'm trying to let me get out your way so I can go and have my own little praise party off camera. Okay? But let me just say this. Let me bring you back to Isaiah 58.4 because I want you to see this. Again, be people. Verse four says this, what good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? So to my knowledge, I don't know of anybody in our church per se fighting and quarreling. But what I do know is that that's the opposite of unity. So the opposite of fighting and quarreling is harmony. So let's fast in harmony with one another. And harmony isn't just us getting along together and having fun together. It's us Doing this together, doing this fast together. Anybody, y'all hear what I'm saying this morning? Am I talking to somebody? Am I talking good? Even if you don't like it, I'm talking right. Because I'm talking to you. That's your flesh bucking up. Get in line and be people. Amen. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm a get, I might get in trouble when I get home. It's all right. It's all right, PD. I'm not beating up on the people, I promise. As we honor and obey the word of God together as one body in unity, we're going to see something powerful happen as a result of this fast. Not just for our church, because that would be selfish. We're going to see something, I believe, we're going to see something powerful happen in this land that has been, I mean, devastated by the events of 2020. We're going to see something. If we're asking right and praying right in unity, we're going to see something change. I believe that with all my heart. <clears throat> so the first point was be obedient. The second point was be people. The third point, humble yourself. Bring low into subjection. Control yourself. You know, some people, oh, well, I just, you know, I mean, what is it? God is just trying to control me. No, God is not trying to control you. The word of God is challenging you to align yourself with him. The word of God is challenging us to align ourselves with him, his plan, his word. His plan. 
which is the plan that will prevail. He's requiring us to put our own flesh in check. God is not like from heaven, be humble. <laughs> no, we're to put our own flesh in check. And the only way we can do that is to starve it and feed our spirit. That's what a fast is for. God has laid out a way for us to humble ourselves. He's not going to humble. Uh, well, let me tell you, God can humble you, but you don't want that to happen. So point three is humble yourself. Subdue yourself. Bring yourself under control. Bring your body under subjection. Point four, pray intentionally and specifically. So we talked about how 2 Chronicles 7.14 is God's response to Solomon's prayer in chapter six. But I just want to highlight some things that Solomon was doing. Solomon prayed thoroughly. Solomon did not pray selfishly or foolishly. Solomon put God in remembrance of his word in verses 16 and 17. You can go there on your own time, but he reminded God of what he said. He put, so praying scripturally is so important. It's the key to intentional and specific prayer is to pray scripturally. I guess if I could add something to my point, pay, pray intentionally, specifically, and scripturally. Probably scripturally first, then the other two. Whatever, record that point however you will. Solomon was reverent and humble. And Solomon honored God with specific praise and thanksgiving for things he had done. That is some intentional prayer. I mean, and, and why are we looking at that? Why am I looking at that? Because Solomon's prayer got a response that has echoed throughout time. Listen, if people don't know any other verses and don't have any others committed to memory, they know 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. Even if they don't know the context and what it's attached to, they know they're saying it, they're rehearsing it. That's a powerful prayer with a response from God. I want to pray like Solomon. I don't want to, I want to pray like Jesus. I want, I'm going to pray like Jesus. I pray like Jesus taught us in Matthew 5. I do. But I'm saying that this is also a prayer of results, and I'm observing that. And I'm saying that it, it's, we're not going to lose by praying scripturally, intentionally, and specifically. Okay, we're almost done here, so that's four. So we said be obedient, be people, humble yourself, pray scripturally, intentionally, and specifically. And then point five is this, seek God's presence. Now, I don't know about you. Who is still feasting off of the word we got last week from Apostle Chad Collins? He's, he, oh gosh, he preached me so happy. I've been listening to it on and off all week, talking about going from grace to glory. Let me remind you of something. Oh, hallelujah. Didn't he set us up? Didn't he set us up for today's message? Didn't he set us up for this 40-day fast? Don't you know we're going to be moving from grace to glory? If we do this right, we're moving from grace to glory. Seeking God's presence. So what does 2 Chronicles 7.14 say? If you haven't noticed yet, the points are all here. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, seek my face. Point five. And turn from their wicked ways. But we already talked about that enough. I already got y'all stuff about that. Y'all already got that part. But I want to focus on seeking God's face. Apostle Chad Collins taught us last week that the face of God is the presence of God. So I want you to remember during this fast to seek God's presence first and foremost. You know, one of the things that was so stunning about Exodus 33 
is that God was ticked off with Israel. He was ticked off with them. He said, I'm not, I'm not going near them. My presence, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going, you by yourself, you're on your own. But Moses, excuse me, you found grace with me. And then Moses was like, and, and I will be with you. And Moses was like, well, if you found grace with me, I want more. I want more. Show me your glory. Hallelujah. Show me your glory. God was, was, was confirming his promise to Moses, even though he was mad at Israel. He said, I'm not going to be with them, but I'll be with you. Now, most of us would have just been content to not be in the camp with the, those who were in the doghouse with God. But Moses said, well, thank you if I found grace with you, but I want to see you. I want to know you. I want to be closer. So there are a few things I want us to gather from this. Because it is a blessing to seek God's presence as an individual. And my God, that's what Moses was able to do. God honored his request and he covered his face so it wouldn't take him out. And he let him see his uh, one uh, translation, I think, says his hind parts of his glory. What a wonderful experience to have as an individual. But, you know, the greatest tragedy of this passage is that how much better would it have been if Israel wasn't so into their own stuff and sin and idolatry and they were able to experience that presence of God together. Let's not be rebellious people. Let's be the kind of people that experience God's presence together. Let's experience the presence of God corporately in this fast. And I know that if we experience it corporately, we'll experience it individually as well. I know that. Let us find grace with God as a united, unified body that is doing his will. Glory to God. Can that be your prayer? Can, can y'all see the vision? Could we, this, this church in, you know, the, the Kingdom Living Ministries in New Jersey, could we align ourselves and be in community to the point that we do the opposite of what happened in Exodus 33? And we experience the glory of God together as one body, as one people. If we go from grace to glory, as the man of God said that we would, as one people, as one church, that's how we're going to do it. So let's seek God's presence together. And in doing so, we'll definitely seek God's, we'll, we'll experience God's glory individually as well. Now listen. Is this fast meant to be all about what the church is praying about and all about the, look, you're going to have time because you're not, hopefully you're not watching TV. You're not doing all these other things and you're freeing up your time so that you can pray all day if you want to. You're not eating. Any other time you spend thinking about food, spend thinking about what it is that you want to ask of the Lord. It doesn't have to be with the common prayer directives. You're, you're, you can pray as much as you want. You can experience God's glory on your own as much as you want, independent of what we're doing corporately. But what I'm saying is we can have the best of both worlds. So point six, choose the right fast. And we talked about this. Don't choose that ratchet, raggedy, self, 
self-worshipping, self-indulgent fast of those wicked people in Isaiah 58. Choose the fast that the Lord has chosen for us. And my last point, point number seven, is fast forward. Fast forward. Fast forward. And my scripture for that, Isaiah 58, 8 and 9. Isaiah 58, verses 8 and 9. And I love the way it said this. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will heal quickly. Your godliness will lead you forward and the grace of the Lord will protect you from behind. Glory to God. Let's fast forward. Let's fast forward in 2021. Amen. Let's fast forward. Let this fast at the beginning of 21 to uh, our glory at the beginning of 2021. Let it take us into 22 and 23 and the rest of this decade. See, we didn't just start a new year. We've started, we started a new decade last year, but we're now at the beginning of this new decade. You know that this fast that we're doing right now, the things that, the, the, the things that we get, the things that happen, the things that we experience, the prayers that are answered, the revelations that we get during this time of fasting right now, January 10th through February 19th, 2021, We'll look back on this time and we'll be able to see the echoes of what was said and formed, what was said to us, said through us and formed in us from this time of putting our flesh under subjection, of getting ourselves in position where we can hear from God and pray right and do right. It's a setup for a change. It's a setup for an experience. It's a setup for forward. Your godliness will lead you forward. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you are so gracious and so merciful. Lord, we thank you, Father, for the texts today that gave us a glimpse into the lives of those who lived in the former covenant. But God, with truths that reach and stretched even to us now in 2021, at the beginning of this new year. Oh, Lord, we thank you that your word will last forever, that it will always remain, that your truth will endure to all, will endure to all generations. God, we thank you, Father, that you will visit with us that your presence will be with us and is with us as we embark upon this journey for the next 40 days starting next week. 40 days starting next week. 40 days of glory. 40 days of glory. After a whole lifetime of grace for those of us who are in you. God, 40 days of glory. Lord, let us experience your power. Thank you for your grace. But let us, let us see your glory. Let us see your glory in one another and through one another. As we humble ourselves, as we pray and seek your face. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. If you have any questions about today's service, feel free to hit me up. I just want to say this before we go. 
I am not on social media. I'll probably be there until about noon today. I already put it up on my social media platforms. I personally am taking a break from social media through March 25th. So if you need to reach me or reach out to me, please email me or text me. So that's it. If you have any questions about today's message or you want to dig a little deeper, feel free to reach out to me, but I will not be on social media. Okay. That's all I wanted to say. Be blessed. Enjoy your week. And let's look forward to this 40 day fast that begins Sunday, next Sunday together. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, Contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His word. God bless you.